Okay, thank you, Joseph. Well, I'm happy that I could uh, join you again tonight uh, to continue the matter of how we could have a godly living today. And we've been covering five keys. Uh, We've done three of these five. We have the last two tonight. And before I get into these last two keys, I just want to remind you of the chorus that we just sang together. And that chorus to me is a very fitting conclusion to this conference. If that could be something more than just a song to us, but it would be a prayer from us, an expression of a longing within us for the Lord Jesus to make his home more in our heart. So I know some of you may be joining tonight. It's the first meeting uh, that you're joining. It's our last meeting, but it may be your first meeting. So I just briefly mention the first three keys that we can use so that we could have a godly living today. The first key is vision. We need to receive from the Lord an inward seeing of spiritual things. And we need to see what is it that God is doing in the New Testament age. We are not living in the Old Testament age. We are in the New Testament age. And in the New Testament, God is being manifested in the flesh. God is being manifested in humanity. He was firstly manifested in Jesus, and now he is continuing to be manifested in us, his believers. So we need to see this. We need to see this is altogether the meaning of our life. It's the meaning of our Christian life. And even we could say it's the meaning of the church life. What is the church? It's a group of people who have God in them and who would have a living that expresses God or expresses Christ to those around them. Well, if we're going to have a godly living, we surely need God. How can you have a godly living without God? And this afternoon, we really uh, saw two practical uh, keys of truth and love. You know, truth is God. God is the one who is true. He is truth. He is reality. And this one who is true, whose truth, whose reality He has uh, given us his word. And so we need to buy the truth. I enjoyed the speaking from Mark today that while salvation is free, we receive it freely. With the truth, we need to buy it. And that involves our appreciation of the truth, our valuation of the truth, our loving of the truth, that we would pay a price to have more of the truth of God's word within us. And actually, as we receive more of God's word, it's a very practical way for us to receive more of God into us. Because Christ, he is the word of God. The spirit is the word. So actually, when we come to the Bible daily, spending time in these words, in a a proper way, we we gain more Christ. We gain more spirit through our buying 
the truth, then not only is God truth or reality, God is love. And so if we're going to have a godly living, a living of godliness, we need to be filled not just with human love, but we need to be those filled with the divine love to love others. And actually, I would like to pair together with love, forgiveness, loving and forgiving others. You know, when you touch the matter of a godly living, uh, there's been all kinds of misunderstanding and mispractice regarding to how to have a godly living. I mean, there are some groups that had this thought, well, the world is, is, is ungodly. So if we're going to have a godly living, we need to withdraw from the world and go live in the caves like, like hermits. Well, you can do that, but that won't help you to be godly because you need God. Um, others, they consider that if there is some teaching related to their conduct and behavior, that if they keep it, uh, it makes them more godly. But, you know, the problem with that is if it's of your own effort due to some law or ordinance that you pick up, do you know what the result of that is if you're actually able to do it? Because most of us, we learn pretty quickly. We can't keep all these ordinances, all these laws, all these regulations. But if you do it, you know what the result is? You tend to become proud. My, look at me. Look at how godly I am in my living. And then you begin to look around and notice, my, look at how ungodly they are. And when you do that, you begin to judge others. But actually, by being filled with more of God, God who is love, our attitude towards those around us and the way they're living is we love them. We love them. And if they treat us in a way that's not so right, so proper, we're full of forgiveness because we're filled with God who is love. So now I'd like to go on to the fourth and the fifth key. So if we could bring up the slide, the first slide, for the fourth key. So the fourth key is we need to exercise our spirit. And this may be new to some of you tonight who have heard this matter of our spirit before. So when I say our spirit, I'm not referring to a special attitude or frame of mind that a group of people can have. You know, sometimes people are facing adversity or they've got a certain uh, goal in mind and we appreciate their spirit as they persevere towards the goal, especially in the midst of adversity. But I'm not referring to that when I say exercise our spirit. Also, you know, sometimes we meet somebody and there's a certain, you know, outgoing quality about them. They're very outgoing. We say, oh, 
I really like their spirit. But I'm not referring also to that. When I say our spirit, I'm referring to a third part within all of us. You know, when God created us, he created us with three parts. Outwardly, we have the physical body, which we need to exist and engage in the physical universe. But we're not just a physical body. Within this body, we have a soul with which, using the soul, we can engage in, interact in the psychological realm. But there is also another part within all of us. It's not our body. It's not our soul. It's called the human spirit, the deepest part within us. And even it's hidden within our heart. And it's an organ. It's an organ. It's put within us by God so that we would have a part of our being that can interact with God who is spirit. So our body can interact with the things in the physical realm. Our soul can interact in the things in the psychological realm. And our spirit can contact God who is spirit. And not only can our spirit contact God who is spirit, but our spirit can also receive God who is spirit and contain God who is spirit. This is why in Paul, he talks about the spirit with our spirit, the spirit of God being with our spirit. And so now we need to learn how to use our spirit, exercise our spirit, or if I could use a word, switch on our spirit to discover this third part and to know how to live and walk by the exercise of our spirit. Now, with these verses that are there before you, I want to bring out a particular experience of our spirit. And to me, I have a lot of feeling regarding this because it brought me back to a lot of memories when I was in college. And I'd like to share some of those experiences of exercising my spirit and experiencing God working within me. So Proverbs 20.27 says, The spirit of man is the lamp of Jehovah, searching all the innermost parts of the inner being. The spirit of man, that's that third part I mentioned within us, the deepest part within us. It's the lamp of Jehovah. Now, Lamp, at the time Proverbs was written, was an oil lamp. So for this lamp to shine, it needed oil. And oil in the Bible is a type, a picture of the Holy Spirit. So when the Holy Spirit comes into our spirit as the oil, our spirit 
functions within us as the lamp of Jehovah. A lamp is for light. A lamp is for shining. And this lamp of God that is within us, deep within us, is now shining and searching, searching all the innermost parts of our being. There's a light within us, shining and searching our innermost parts. In the first message, I mentioned how the Lord wants us to let him in, let him in to our heart, let him in to all the parts of our inner being. There are still many parts of our life, of our daily living, where the Lord has not been able to enter in. But he longs to enter in to all these parts of our living. And in our experience, it's not like we just, after such a conference, go before the Lord and say, Oh, Lord, here I am. I open every part to you. Every part I open to you. Well, first of all, we really don't open every part. And and the Lord knows that. But the Lord is also very wise in the way he works within us. He doesn't rush in to every part all at once, but he gradually, step by step, door by door in the inward parts of our being, comes to gain more and more of our inward being. And how do we know? What, what's the next thing that the Lord wants to gain in my life? There are still many things where the Lord doesn't have the first place, doesn't have the entrance. Where, where does he now want to go in my inward parts? Well, the light shows us where the Lord is seeking to go. The Lord will shine within us, shine on something of our living, of our behavior, of our conduct, of what we are doing. And that's the Lord showing us, this is where I want to go to next in your life, in your living, in your inward parts. Then we have another verse here, Revelation chapter 4, verse 5b. There were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. So not only is our spirit the lamp of God or God's lamp, but remember I said that this uh, picture of the lamp was an oil lamp that needed the oil, which is the Holy Spirit within us. So not only is our spirit the lamp, of God, but the Holy Spirit who's come within our spirit is also a lamp to shine. So it's like we have this double lamp now within our being to shine. And I want you to notice it says seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven Spirits of God. You know, there's just one Spirit of God. But here in Revelation, this 
spirit of God is described as the seven spirits of God. In other words, its intensity is seven times, sevenfold in its moving and its working. Why? Because in Revelation, near the end of the age, things become very dark, very ungodly. But the spirit continues to shine, continues to work, even sevenfold. So maybe we can zoom out from the slide. And I could just share something very uh, experiential with you. You might ask, how do I know if it's the spirit shining, the spirit directing or moving to touch this part of my life, or if it's just me wanting to have some self-improvement in my life, in my living. Well, I'd like to just mention something to you from the book of Revelation. So in Revelation 4, 5b, we saw that the seven spirits of God, the, the spirit of God is a lamp, and a lamp signifies light. So where there's the spirit, there's light shining. But then it says these are lamps of fire. So there's not only light, but there's fire to burn what is being shined upon. Then if you go to the last chapter of Revelation, chapter 22, verse 1, you have there the throne of God, and you have there the Spirit. But the Spirit is not as the lamp burning. There the Spirit is a river of water of life flowing from the throne. So when it's the Spirit working within us, there's light, there's fire, and there's water. In other words, whatever God comes to shine on within us, that's not him. That's not him. Firstly, there'll be the light. Then there'll be the fire to consume. Fire consumes. The Lord will consume that thing that's not matching him. And then once it's consumed, the spirit will flow water of life, life, life. There'll be life. There'll be an increase of God's life within us. So that change in our living is not just from our mere attempt to improve our behavior, but it's the result of the spirit's shining, burning, and watering of us. This is how something genuine of God himself is worked out in our living. Okay, if we can go to the next slide. So we need to learn how to exercise our spirit. And in Ephesians 6.18, there it says we need to pray in spirit. So prayer, prayer is a very practical way for us to exercise our spirit. And in the meeting this afternoon, we were encouraged to spend time every day to buy the truth, to read God's word. And I also would like to encourage you, every day, have a time to exercise your spirit in prayer with God. 
In fact, it's good to start your day with prayer. And it's also good to end your day with prayer. And as you start your day praying, exercising your spirit in prayer, you could open to God all the things of that day. And you might, in that time of prayer, experience some shining from the Lord regarding the things of the day. And at the end of the day, how good it is to end the day with some prayer with the Lord. And you might sense as you end the day with some prayer, the light will shine within you regarding something during that day that you said, that you did, where you went, and the light may be showing you. That does not match God. That does not match a life of godliness. And so we need to open, open to the light. And so if we open and allow the light within us to shine, it will shine in our inward parts, and our inward parts will be thoroughly searched by the Lord. In Psalms 139, those two verses there, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. And see if there is some harmful way in me and lead me on the eternal way. So God is in us as light. Remember, God is light. And this God who is light, he's the spirit in our spirit to shine on us gradually regarding what's in our inward parts. And we need to open and let this light search us thoroughly and to expose what's there. And in this verse in Psalms, it says, know my Anxious thoughts. Do you know why we have anxious thoughts? It's because we don't have God in so many things of our living. Where there's God, there's no anxiety. When there's no God, there's anxiety. When you have God... You have all that you need, and you have the one who's faithful to give you what you need. Where there's not God, there's anxiety. There's the fear. There's the concern. Will I have what I need? Will I get what I need? So even these anxious thoughts indicate that within us, there's still parts that God has not yet filled. So we need to respond, respond to the spirits shining. So if we could zoom out from here, because I'd like to just talk to you regarding my experience. When I was 18 years old, my first year in university, I had received the Lord when I was about 13 
And when I was 18, I discovered that third part. I discovered my spirit and I learned how to use it, switch it on to be connected with God. <laughs> and I loved it. I made this decision. When I, when I discovered how to use my spirit, I made a decision from now on, every time I'm in a church meeting or Christian gathering, I'm going to switch on. I'm going to use my spirit. But I discovered something was going on. As I was switching on my spirit, enjoying the Lord's presence, being able to contact God who is spirit, the lamp was operating within me. And the lamp was shining within me, especially outside of the meetings, regarding my living. And little by little, one by one, the light began to shine on my daily living. It came in to shine on my friendships that I had built up. Certain relationships that I had that were ungodly. And even I had those friends specifically to participate in ungodly things with them. And the light just came. And I realized I had to stop. I had to stop participating in those things. And if need be, I needed to stop hanging out with those friends. Because when I would hang out with them, needless to say, end up just participating in what they were participating in. Then what am I going to do if I don't hang out with those friends? Well, I discovered there's all kinds of other gatherings with the brothers and sisters. So now instead of on Saturday night being with these friends, doing certain things with them, I discovered there was another gathering of some brothers and sisters in the church and something within me was shining. Go be with them. I remember when it was happening the first time, I, I wasn't so obedient to it. I, I was like, no, I really would rather go back and, and participate in those things with those ungodly friends of mine. But the light was shining. No, don't go there. But I'm not sure I really want to go to this other gathering. So I remember riding around on my, my motorbike at that time, just riding around. And eventually I just knew the light is sending me to that meeting. And I got there late. I got there late because, like I said, there was a bit of a struggle going on within me. But when I got there and I entered in to be with those brothers and sisters, the light, the light was so happy within me. And I realized this is where I belong. This is where I belong. Did someone tell me, don't be with those ungodly people anymore? No one outwardly told me these things. No. It was the spirit within my spirit shining. Friendships, relationships, places that we go. Sometimes you would go to a certain place and the Lord allowed it for a period of time. And then you go there and the light shines and says, get out. What are you doing here? And you realize, I can't go here anymore. 
Oh, I remember one time I had a, I had a, a, a someone in college. Um, well, anyway, they're very dear to me. They, they, they bought me a, they bought me a cool sweatshirt. I mean, it was cool. It was from the surfing scene and it was just cool. And it had a symbol on it and it was, it was just so cool. And I loved wearing that, that article of clothing and that symbol, that symbol was related to Eastern philosophy. I just thought it's cool. It's a cool, cool sweatshirt. And I wore that thing everywhere. I even, I was, uh, living in New Zealand at the time. I even came to the U.S. for a Christian conference, and I wore that sweatshirt everywhere to the conference. We stayed in homes of different believers. Nobody, nobody said a word to me about what I was wearing. Nobody pointed to that symbol that I was wearing related to something not of God. No one said a word. Then one day, I was back home. I, I think I was in a conference like this. And the speaker mentioned something about idols. He didn't say a word about my black sweatshirt with that symbol on it. Didn't say a word about it. But as he was speaking, the light shined on that. And I realized God is... Touching this. I didn't quite know what was going on. Maybe I loved that sweatshirt so much. I I went up to the speaker after the message. I brought the shirt with me. And I said, do you think this is an idol? And he didn't say yes or no. He just said, the spirit will tell you if it's an idol or not. And then he just shared a little bit about the Eastern mysticism that that symbol represented. And as he was talking, the light got intensified, like that sevenfold spirit just went up, you know, like those bulbs where you just turn the switch a bit more and it gets brighter, a bit more gets brighter. I mean, till in the end, it wasn't just light. There was fire burning within me. Uh, I think if I'd put that sweatshirt on, that symbol would have felt like it was burning on me. So I had to, I had to deal with it. I had to, had to deal with it. Well, nobody said a word to me outwardly about it. But that was God as light within me, shining within me. I had plans about my life. Like you, young, dream dreams. I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And as I'm dreaming about my plans, thinking about my plans, making my plans, even as I went to carry out certain plans, to join certain things, as I'm standing there in line to sign up for it, the light within me shining, even burning. Do not join this thing. Do not get caught up in this thing. Do not sign over your life to this thing. And I had to walk out. One time I went with a very good friend. We were going to join up, sign up together. And I just had to walk out. He didn't know what I was doing. He didn't understand. 
And it's hard to explain to him. He, he was an unbeliever. But God, as light in my spirit, his lamp was shining. So we don't need to go back to that slide, but the last point mentioned that after such a time where we pray and the light shines and we respond to the shining, to agree with it, yes, Lord, inwardly we will feel very bright and transparent because we will be filled with God, with more of God who is light. Okay, if we could go to the fifth key now regarding our heart. So we need to guard our heart. So our relationship with God first depends on our heart. First, we have to believe in our heart, in God, before we can have a relationship with God. Then our heart, it's the entrance and exit of our whole being. Nothing gets into our heart, into us, unless our heart opens to it. And what comes out of us comes out of our heart. There in Matthew 15, 18 and 19. But the things which proceed out of the mouth come out of the heart. And those defile the man. For out of the heart come evil reasoning, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witnesses, blasphemies. So next slide. So we need to be very careful with what enters our heart. And we need to be very careful with what comes out of our heart. That's why in Proverbs 4.23, I should have put the verse up there for you. It says this, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it are the issues of life. Keep your heart with all vigilance. That implies guard your heart. Watch what enters in your heart. And what comes out of your heart. In fact, what you allow to enter your heart will be eventually what comes out of your heart. Because out of your heart are the issues of life. Uh, The ways of your living. They come out of what's in your heart. So we need to let the Lord into our heart. And let him spread into our heart so that if he is in our heart, he will come out from us. So 1 Peter 5.15, sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts. Proverbs 21.2, every way of man is right in his own eyes, but Jehovah weighs the hearts. You know, you think it's right to live this way. But the Lord, as the light, will come in and he will weigh it. And he will say, this is of me and this is not of me. This way is not me. The Lord will show you what's of him, what is not of him. Okay, the next slide. Deuteronomy ten twelve. And now, O Israel, what does Jehovah your God ask of you? except that you fear Jehovah your God so that you would walk in all his ways and love him and serve Jehovah your God with all your heart and with all your soul. With all your heart. 
God wants to enter all your heart, gain all of your heart, so that from your heart that's now filled with God, you can walk in his ways, you can love him, and you can serve him. Why do we struggle to walk in his ways? Why do we struggle to love him? Why do we struggle to serve him? Because our heart is not pure. Our heart is mixed. Our heart loves God partially, and it loves lots of other things. Okay, if we could go to the next slide. So we need to keep our heart. And we can see in Matthew 13, there are four kinds of hearts. And I'd like to mention this. Actually, the heart is really just the expression of your person. So we could say not only are there four kinds of heart, there's four kinds of persons. Firstly, there's the heart that's hardened by worldly traffic. That's a person whose heart's hard to the Lord. Why? Because their heart is so engaged in worldly things that it becomes hard, and it's hard for the Lord to enter into that heart. Then there are persons or hearts that are shallow in receiving. So they receive the Lord, but they're very shallow, and they don't have any depth, and they don't allow the Lord to go deep within them. So when the difficulties come in the Christian life, they stop growing. In fact, even in that parable, they wither up and die. Why? Because they have rocks within them, something beneath the surface, something hidden. Maybe there's hidden seeking of certain sins or or personal desires or self-glory that just make you shallow in your receiving of the Lord. That make it very difficult for the Lord to increase himself within you. Then there's the heart that's full of anxieties and the deceitfulness of riches. It's a person who's anxious, thinking, I don't have enough. I'm worried about tomorrow. And then getting deceived. Ah, but everything will be okay if I just get more riches. So the Lord says, this kind of person gets choked by the anxieties and the deceitfulness of riches. But then there was a fourth kind of earth or ground for the receiving of the seed, which represents the heart that gives room, gives room to the Lord to grow. So I think as you consider this, you would have to say, actually, these four kinds of hearts are in us. There's some parts of our heart that are very hard towards the Lord. There's some parts that are very shallow. There's some parts that are full of anxiety and the deceitfulness of riches. And we need to open to the Lord and open to his shining when he comes to touch these hidden things within our heart, the rocks beneath the surface, to touch the things that make us anxious because we don't trust in him, and even to touch the deceitfulness of riches. And as he shines, we have to admit our condition before the Lord. I love this matter. When the Lord shines on these things in our heart, don't be devastated. Don't be so disappointed in yourself. That's just your true condition. And we just have to confess, Lord, I confess 
My heart is hard in this matter. I'm sorry. Lord, I confess I have these hidden things within me that make me shallow. Lord, I have these anxieties. Lord, I have this deceit within me, thinking I just need more money and my life will be better. Lord, I'm sorry that my heart doesn't give much room to you. But you know what's so marvelous about this? When the light shines on these things and we admit it, we confess it, the Lord within does the work to deal with these things within our heart. That over time, our heart becomes that good earth to give the Lord the room to grow within us, for God to increase himself within us. And the more the Lord increases in us, the more he makes home in our heart, the more he will come forth from our heart as the issue of life, as the way we live, that we would have a living of godliness, a godly living. Okay, we are at the end of the time. I think the last slide is the question. So in your discussion groups, Maybe consider this matter. Why does prayer help us to have the Lord shining and to deal with our heart? And I hope from this weekend you would remember these five keys and just begin to practice these with the Lord. And you will see the Lord work in you and grow within you. May the Lord bless you all. Amen. Okay, I'll stop here. Back to Philip and Joseph.